Welcome to Gutsy Matters Podcast, brought to you by storednaturally.com. I'm Wendy Allen. And I'm Helen Reynolds. Gutsy Matters Podcast is for independent thinkers who aren't afraid to stand out from the crowd. Our conversations are with people who, like us, are willing to create something they believe in, something that helps us all to live more sustainably, more consciously, and with greater connection. We're delighted you're joining us to discover, uncover, and create opportunities and perspectives about health, wealth, and sustainable living. Today we are speaking with Annie Cram, who, along with three other Toowoomba mums, decided to plant seeds of love, hope and health to help their community flourish. They have a wonderful vision to provide fresh solutions for a happier and healthier community and were inspired to start Flourish PYO in 2017. We are so looking forward to hearing all about the concept behind this community initiative and the story of how Flourish operates, their aims and where they're heading. Hi Annie, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for that lovely introduction. I think you've pretty much covered you know, most of what I was going to say. No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you've got lots more wonderful things to tell us and, and the whole philosophy behind it. So we might get started by just asking you, what happened that inspired you to actually start Flourish? Well, it really started with a group of uh, friends. We really uh, were four mums on a mission, I suppose you could say, really just all enjoying each other's company, but lots of us interested in health and gardening. Uh, we started back in, we started talking back in 2017, and, and the four of us are Alison Burnett, who's an occupational therapist, her sister Anna Morgan, who's a dietitian who works in aged care, and uh, my friend Dr. Daniil Carter, who's a GP, who's now studying public health. And so we all knew each other and all have small children, and my son and um, Daniil's son know each other from, knew each other from school. And so we all just really got talking about our love of health and gardening and people and just, you know, trying to work out something that we could do to try and work on the issue of food security because there are so many issues in our community. There's a very um, large population, number of people from the lower socioeconomic background, I suppose. And we just were trying to think about what we could do to try and work with that. And knowing that children, very young, um, need to be introduced to eating vegetables and fruit, probably from toddler age up, and we were thinking, what could we do about this? You know, how could we assist? So we just sort of put our heads together, and we, I suppose we, for the first 18 months, we really talked and schemed and planned and dreamed, and uh, we started our first community garden a year ago. So, But in the meantime, we've been doing um, all sorts of other things like childcare centres and um, for young children who go to playgroups and things. We do storytelling and we go to high schools to talk to kids about healthy eating and um, do a bit of education regarding different vegetables and you know, try and trick, trick them into eating some good food in a good way, like making a chocolate dip out of avocados and coconut and things like that. So we just we just sort of, sort of had a lot of fun and, and it's sort of a very much a growing, a growing um, picture of what we want to do. So has there been a particular instance or story that's made you feel like it's all been worth it? Like if you, if you think back to some of the events you've already done, is there, has there been one that really stands out? Well, there, there are a couple of things. I remember 
we had a storytelling time last year with a playgroup that came along and there was a little boy who had never eaten a green vegetable as a toddler and all the other kids were, were picking some snow peas and some beans and some nice little things like that and he just decided he'd do it as well and so he had that experience of actually picking and eating and enjoying something like that and his mother was just absolutely amazed I mean, mums and, um, and dads, of course, do all the hard work with kids and it takes up to 20 times for them to really, for kids to actually often really enjoy something they're trying for the first time. And so we were just so thrilled that our idea of wanting to encourage young uh, parents with young children to continue continuously try and get them to, to eat those good healthy things actually worked. So that was something that just really touched our hearts. But there's something that happened recently that was really fantastic. We received a funding grant from Carinity, which is a Baptist um, missions organisation, and so we could plant an orchard. And so because of that, they had written some some um, interviews with us and sent pictures in, and so an article came into our local newspaper, and because of someone saw that article in the newspaper about what we're doing, she realised that she could come and pick some vegetables and things from our garden at 100 Glenvale Road, which is behind the Baptist Church in Glendale, the Toowoomba Community Baptist Church. So anyway, this lovely lady uh, picked all these veggies and then cooked up this delicious food for her and her son and sent us a message and put up a picture on Facebook of what she cooks. And um, unfortunately, there was some issue with, with finances. And so for her to be able to actually come and pick some fresh um, veggies and herbs and cook up a delicious meal just meant so much to her. And we were really touched because she said, and please can I come back sometime and do some gardening? So when COVID crisis is all over and we're allowed to start really getting back into um, having community garden days and so on, we'll be able to meet her and to invite her to come and perhaps join us some, you know, whatever capacity she is able to to be involved. So, so those two stories are the two that really stand out for me to say, right, well, we're on the right track. Also really um, reminds us how important family meals are, isn't it? Like, yes. That, that story yes. kind of brings a tear to my eye, you know. that oh, That's a really tasty, heartfelt meal she had that sounds like she yeah. may not have had for a little while. Yeah, and, and that's, that's why we're there, which is just really beautiful. And we love the idea of people sitting down with their family. And so we also grow lots of flowers, which also helps with pollination. But we encourage people to pick themselves a posy while they're while they're coming and picking veggies so that they can make the dinner table a nice place to be. And, you know, there are lots of herbs and things that also look nice on a little little posy on the table, but it just helps people to feel really welcomed and, and that they're at this beautiful, inviting place where they can receive love and share laughs for the day and, you know, talk about the adventures everyone's had and, and the ups and downs, you know, and, and which is what family meals are all about. So we just hope that, that, yeah, connection, connection, that's it, that's it. Yeah, what a lovely what a lovely thing that they can actually pick the flowers as well. So it's it's just, yeah. a, just a lovely story. I love it, yeah. So I guess on the business side of what Flourish does, and, and maybe you'd like to explain what the, the PYO means as well, but in, in the business side of fostering a community to grow together, how does the Flourish PYO group actually operate? You know, what, what do you do? do in terms of planting and how does how does the operational so if people wanted to get involved and yeah sure. what you do 
Okay. Well, the first thing people would need to do is just contact us, which we and we have our contact details on our website, and I'll give those details as we go. There's also a phone number they can ring. But we're basically a free service, so people can just come and park their car and wander down, and there are vegetables sort of planted all over the place. We have an orchard, and then we have a little further ground further down the hill uh, where we have different vegetables and flowers and things growing. And so the idea is people can come along and pick things, bring their children or just come as they are themselves, and it's not just for people with families. We obviously have lots of elderly people and uh, people with disabilities and just, just regular members of the community who want to come and, and walk and pick a flower. And we have a couple of days a week, which in the usual season, obviously at the moment we've had to not have community involvement as much because of social distancing. So we usually have community gardening days on Tuesdays and Thursday mornings from 9 to 11. Um, where we invite people to come along. And what we do each time we get together is we usually harvest, we do a bit of weeding, a bit of watering and a bit of sowing. And we stagger our planting because we don't want to have bulk amounts of crops so that we end up having to um, contact um, Oz Harvest to come and, and deal with a whole lot of of things. We also harvest things to give to various local charities, which I'll talk a bit more in a little while. So we just have this, you know, diverse thing that we do each time. So people can come and do what they're capable of doing. If they don't know anything about gardening, that's perfectly fine. We'll just direct them. And I didn't know very much about gardening. I always loved it and always had people around me who gardened. But I've learned so much and um, improved my confidence no end in the last year just from learning what to do and watching people do know what they're doing. <laughs> the other three founders of Flourish are all fantastic gardeners and so I've just been paying a lot of attention. So people can come along and be involved with that. We also have people who are involved on our team, on our management team, who don't have time to come and garden because they're working business hours. And so we have a lovely lady who works for council actually and uh, is our treasurer. And so we're happy for people to come just to enjoy and pick things or if they've got a little bit of time here and there to come or once off they can assist. There's no real limitation. Uh, we're working with whatever availability people have. And there are people who haven't been able to come and garden who've actually just donated things to us or plants or whatever. So there's just, you know, we're, we're an absolute open book in terms of um, for people to be involved in whatever way suits them. We've got some boys who come from a school group over at the high school who are marvellous. They come every now and again and have a planting or digging session and um, they were able to harvest some of their own potatoes and, and some other vegetables and cook them up back at school, which is terrific. So there's just various um, ways people can be involved. Uh, kindy and playgroups can come along and have a story read, which is lots of fun, and uh, a session picking and planting and those sorts of things. So there's just there are so many different ways people can be involved. So how do you actually get the plants? Are you relying on donations of seed and or donations of funds to actually purchase seedlings or seeds? We have. Um, we we it's amazing how many things have been donated to us, and we just. The first garden we've started has largely just come out of nothing. And we wanted to show the community what you could do if you basically had nothing, what would come to you. And so we just had 
people donating uh, old garden beds or oh, tanks. We cut up some tanks that we were given. And so we know people who run a fantastic um, tree service, um, Nairn's Total Trees, and they have donated us loads of mulch, which is we've been able to use. The, uh, we've had carpet, local carpet place that's donated all their old carpet. We, we go and collect it, and that's been fantastic for mulching and keeping weeds down and things. So it's really surprising how you can start a garden with nothing. So we've had all sorts of cuttings and gifts of seeds and, yeah, people just donating things, which has been marvellous. And and the land, is is the land for your use however long that you want to use it? Is that the idea or is, or is there some association or an agreement there with, with the Baptist Church? That's right. We've had to properly go in and negotiate that because we're a, we're a registered uh, health promotions charity and so we have proper insurance to cover what we're doing and people that we train and work with us. And, of course, we've had to have permission from the church who've been absolutely marvellous. They give us the land and often there are members who come and donate things or give their time and they have rainwater tanks. They have a marvellous uh, groundsman there named Malcolm who was just brilliant in the drought and he still is, of course, brilliant because he stopped watering. He stopped using the, the, the rainwater tanks for the land that was there and he was fine with the grass going dry. He wanted to make sure that we had enough water for our garden and so he's absolutely just so open and, and helpful with with what we're doing there. And so, yeah, we do have a, a formal agreement with the church, of course, and, and they're so supportive and um, we've just been absolutely thrilled. And, of course, Carinity, which is a Baptist mission organisation who, who run all sorts of social and nursing services and, and all sorts of things have actually given us a funding package. And so that's enabled us to establish an orchard and um, we're in the middle of getting a, a sign on the front road so that people will know what to come in and it's going to have a blackboard section so we'll be able to write on what, what's available at that time and uh, at different hours and things like that. So we've been really, really blessed and it's just amazing how generous people are um, gardeners must just have this thing, I reckon, <laughs> of just being just so kind and wanting wanting things to grow. And, and I suppose you know anyone who keeps the garden knows that you're, you're forever trying to, you know, strike cuttings and um, divide things up, and just just wonderful. I think too with a garden, it usually produces way more than you can consume, so you've, it automatically fosters that generous spirit within you. I think so. I think that's a really good way of looking at it, Helen. So you found that you could easily establish a garden by starting with nothing. Have you found that people have typically equalised their give and take all by themselves? Well, people who donate their time to us are usually quite reluctant to take take um, produce away, we found, because they know that any excess we have, we're giving to local charities like the Emerge um, Services Cafe and you know, all manner of places, Protea Place and just so many charities we try and support, the base um, soup kitchen, base services. So, you know, we're often having to remind ourselves, yes, it's okay for us to take things home. I, I'm quite good at, at, uh, at snipping off herbs, I have to say, and uh, the odd cucumber here and there because they're just so fantastic when they're fresh. 
but it, it really is a community garden. So we don't find people taking more than they're giving at all. So as I said, we, we're always giving away excess. And the church, of course, has a has a pantry. Now that ministry sort of slowed for the time being with COVID. However, we were getting to that point where they didn't have to buy any more frozen veggies to get away in their food hampers because we were able to supply um, enough fresh fresh veggies and things for them. Wow. So it's been it's been a really good journey. So have you found that as the community has got involved that your initial ideas and dreams for this have changed slightly? Well, yeah, initially we were really looking at, at starting a social enterprise and that's still on the on the table, but it'll have to come in time. Alison and Anna have been very busy with very young families. In fact, Alison had a baby while we were you know, while we were planning all of these things. And so she's been, those, those, both of those those women have been very, very busy with their own families. And so they sort of stepped aside. But they still do things and come and give us time and donate things. Alison's a fabulous flower gardener, so we still see a lot of her. But we were talking a lot more about social enterprise in those in those earlier times. And that's something we'll have to get back to. But we've had to sort of decide what. We're going to start with the garden and we're going to start with the giving and we're going to start with the I suppose, education and outreach to the schools um, and to playgroups and so on. And then we're hoping eventually to have some sort of paddock-to-plate training available. So we'd love to see people come in, um, particularly people who might be homeless or uh, refugees. There's just a whole range of people who might really benefit from having training in, as we call it, paddock-to-plate. So starting off with how to grow things and eventually how to... Uh, produce them into um, lovely meals and things. So that's a whole other area. We do cooking classes as well. We've got another site we're setting up over at the LifeWorks Uniting Church over in Glenvale and Boundary Road. And LifeWorks was built a couple of years ago, a, a beautiful new building, and it has the most lovely kitchen, which is really fantastic for running cooking classes. And so we've done quite a few of those. And we're starting to plant veggies out there because they have an outside hours school care service which runs for a very diverse range of kids. And so I've been over there a few times doing cooking classes and and I've just I've just broken ground recently. We're certainly very shortly going to be planting lots of veggies and herbs and things in the front garden there for the kids to grow. But eventually over there we're going to have another community garden. So there'll be lots of things going on over there too. So we've got lots and lots of things coming up in the future. Sounds exciting. Wow. Oh, it is. It's brilliant. Yeah, we love it. Yeah, very yeah, exciting. I love it. Yeah. So when you talked about the educational aspect, which mm. is really, really important, I mean, I see that it's really what you're doing. It's it's not only the social aspect and the the health aspect, but also the educational aspect and the mm. collaboration. So how do you yes. how do you link up with other people and other organizations and particularly like as you say with the cooking classes and perhaps the the educational aspect of of actually bringing groups of children in or or do you go to schools? Can you just elaborate a little bit more about I know you've mentioned a few different organizations in terms of providing the the mm. excess produce to places like Emerge and the Base Services Kitchen. Um, yeah, so tell us a little bit more about um, how you link with those other organisations. Well, I guess that's an area where there's so much potential. For example, we've, we've actually linked in with Oz Harvest. Um, as you know, uh, that's where you and I met because we were running a stall at the fantastic farmer's market. 
one Saturday because Flourish is trying to assist of harvest to come to Toowoomba five days a week because they currently come Tuesdays and Thursdays. And so we are trying to help them set up so that they can um, have a place, a shed to stay at, which will be the LifeWorks Uniting Church. And um, we're trying to help garner and, and gather, I suppose, a whole lot of volunteers for driving and food assisting and also developing that side of things. So that's one area. And of course, Harvest runs some fantastic programs that are all about you know, utilising fresh food and, and stopping sending things to waste by knowing what to do with them. There just seems to be a whole area in this country where we really are lacking uh, enough training of kids. Um, schools are doing an amazing job, but there, there isn't the same, I suppose, system that used to be in place where every child going into high school would be put into home economics and there seems to be a huge lack in, in knowledge uh, with the way things have changed. I mean, not every child does hospitality now. I don't think it's compulsory as it used to be. And um, there needs to be new systems where kids can be all trained in how to cook. And there are some fantastic things. We haven't even approached um, places like the kitchen, Stephanie Alexander's kitchen garden program or, you know, those things that are around. I know Jamie Oliver's doing a lot in primary schools as well. And of course, Oz Harvest. So those are just areas that are all that we're open to working in. And so we've just been doing our own thing in the meantime. And that involves picking produce and you know, making delicious meals and then sitting down to eat. It's really important to have that convivial, friendly, lovely atmosphere to get together, usually with some picked flowers. And, and it, it's just brought together a lovely, group of people so far and it's just something we're hoping to expand as we have more time ourselves to run more um, of these classes and fortunately as I mentioned Anna uh, has been so busy with her own children but we found another fantastic dietitian who happens to also be called Anna um, and before COVID struck we managed to run some classes I think it was the end of last year and so we're really looking forward to doing some more cooking classes with Anna and uh, yeah just continuing in that vein there's so much that can be done. Oh it is I just see so many opportunities that you're describing and and so many places Mm. that that flourish could could flourish further. (laughs) Yeah that's right and no that's all right that's right we make it ourselves quite a lot I assure you that one. And it's really interesting too because you talk about children not learning how to cook necessarily I mean it's a busy lifestyle for a lot of people and and perhaps one thing that um, the COVID-19 pandemic has given people um, was a bit more family time and people because they're all Mm. isolating at home and and perhaps then actually cooking together. I think another really interesting aspect of what you're doing is I'm very passionate about encouraging people to understand where their food comes from and when you were saying in mm. earlier in the conversation about the little boy who'd never eaten greens and, and no, there's so many fine. people who don't know where their food comes from and in terms of what it's how it's grown is it grown on a bush is it grown on a tree you know is it grown at all or where does it come from or is it just sitting on a shelf yes, in a supermarket and you don't think about it so so Absolutely. what you're doing is really encouraging people to to gain that understanding first of mm. how food is grown and what it comes from and then into the cooking process and 
There's, there's so many lessons that are learnt along the way without people probably even realising that they're learning how to garden, how to cook, where food, the food comes from, so many different aspects as well as that absolutely. lovely social collaboration. Yes, so. absolutely. And we'd love to see every playgroup come and visit you know, one of our gardens and, and we just love to just also encourage what is already being done in that, in that area. But you know, even from toddlerhood up, we think that there's a place because there are so many programs around that are fantastic for, say, primary age children with what, um, what Jamie Oliver's been doing and the Kitchen Garden Program and Enjoyment School. But we just been really passionate about wanting to start with those very small children. You know, when I think about my grandparents, one thing that did inspire me being involved with all of this is that three out of four of my grandparents were in their mid-90s when they passed away, and they all of them had... Uh, came from families where they were they had no other option really but to grow their own vegetables and fruit and so I think that that's had a huge impact on their health all their lives and they always ate really well and so I think that there's something about that my um, youngest son is, is such a, I suppose a, a good eater because when he was born I put in a veggie garden and we did this with him and so I, I feel like it really does work you know, and it's just one of those things that, that can really make a difference in, in people's lives because there's just something about the freshness of food when you just pick it. And the flavor. You know, it, it, there's just an extra aroma to it that, you know, it's like natural aromatherapy. You know, like when you're walking in spring and there's something in the air because the, the earth's warmed up and there's, some, there's all those lovely smells have been released and it's mm. just absolutely beautiful. I think. Children can have that sort of experience on a small scale with something they picked freshly, and oh, the, the look on their face when they put mint in there now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just that sort of peppery, sweet, bright flavour. It's just something that's very good to help, you know, with their with their memory of food from a young age. I think another one of the things that they'd inadvertently learn, like Wendy was saying, you know, things you wouldn't realise you're learning, is quality and flavour of food. Yeah. You know, suddenly carrots come alive because they're just so sweet and crunchy compared to the somewhat bitter ones you might (laughs) buy from the supermarket. Exactly. That's right. And and like you're saying about the herbs. Yes. Speaking of carrots, we've had some really interesting things. We've had a couple of women who come and uh, grind things with us or come and fix things who are from different countries, being refugees or, or immigrants. And carrot tops, apparently, are actually cooked up and eaten in some countries. So, you know, all the things to learn, we have to, so much we can learn about various greens even, you know, from people from different countries. It's wonderful to get together and collaborate and to find out a bit more about people's culture and their, their uh, needs, I guess. And isn't it amazing how doing something together, so in this case gardening together, just breaks down all those cultural aspects, like yeah, um, breaks lovely. down any barriers because you, you're suddenly doing something together. So there's yeah. all the other prejudices just seem to become second, secondarily Absolutely. important or not important anymore. Absolutely. Absolutely, because we're all people. We all need to you know, eat healthy, good food. And, you know, it, it, I lived in Melbourne for a number of years and I absolutely loved the fact that I'd be out for dinner with a group of 10 people and I'd suddenly think, oh, 
I'm the only skippy here, you know, <laughs> or, you know, and because people just from so many different cultures come together and they, they sort of are interested in what's going on with everyone else's culture, but also recognising the fact that we're all humans and, you know, we're really all very similar. And all of those cultures having such uh, wonderful traditions of their hospitality and their different cuisines, absolutely amazing. So I really, uh, I really love loved doing that and finding food from all over the place. Sometimes there's a group that's met at the church on a Monday and they come together and they play coffee and cards. And so uh, when I had time uh, last year, I'd pop over and occasionally make a lunch with them. And that was so much fun. And they really just to try and encourage people to you know, throw a few more veggies in the mix. And it's really interesting when you're talking about different cultures and what the different types of food that, that they eat and grow. Mm. Um, the vegetables yeah. in so many different cultures are different to our way of thinking um, in terms of, you know, carrots yeah. and potatoes and what, what, whatever else. I, I know I had a lovely experience with some, some people from, from other countries um, through the Mulberry Project, which is another project that's oh, running yeah. in Toowoomba yeah. as well. And yeah. just the things, mm. they taught me so much in about 10 mm-hmm. minutes <laughs> about things that I had growing in the garden as flowers or yeah, for, for yeah. ornamental reasons, that you could actually pick and eat. You could eat the flowers, you could eat the yeah. leaves, you could put them in a salad. There were weeds that Amazing. I didn't know you could eat mm. that, that really mm. are very tasty. And I think it's that educational process and of learning from each other because yeah. of the different cultural differences and the different types of vegetables that, that you eat. And it's not the traditional yeah. vegetables. So Absolutely. we've got so much to Absolutely. learn from each other. And I think your project um, is really a great way that, that that's happening as well. Thank you. Well, you know what? We all know the choco, don't we? Yes. Well, I think they call this peyote. Well, I have learned a few things about the choco that actually it's a lot more delicious than we realise. If you only pick them when they're perhaps one or two inches long, you can chop them up as they are. You don't need to peel them. They taste like a kind of a sweet cucumber. They're delicious. And you can eat them raw. And so there are all sorts of weird and wonderful things that, that I've learned from, like, I think in Papua New Guinea, they actually pick the the stems of the leaves of the choco and stir fry them up and they're a bit like a bean. And so sometimes vegetables we think we know have a bit more to them as well. And I, I find that fascinating. I'm absolutely busting to run a sort of weird green kind of cooking <laughs> class. Uh, and um, so we, we often do kind of strange things when we run cooking classes because we love to kind of, we you know, I suppose despite what we're doing or look at look at things we think we know in a new way. Yes, because I've always known chocos as a revolting vegetable that's quite large and hard. But yes, it's interesting exactly. too because I can remember yeah. being told by my grandmother peeling chocos, they actually make your hands really weird when you're peeling them as well. You nearly have yeah. to wear gloves because it's a funny substance when you peel them. But my yeah. grandmother used to cook chocos, peel them and cook them in butter and they were Boil delicious. Yeah, they were yeah. really – but that's yeah. the only way I've ever known to eat a choco and it's a really old-fashioned vegetable that no one really eats a lot of. But mm. it's looking – as you say, it's looking at things in a totally in a different way. way and, um, yeah. yeah, that's what uh, – I had native violets growing in my garden, which I just used. Oh, and yes. They were lovely. They inherited them from my grandmother and, and it was her plant and it's continued on and – and, yeah, I just had no idea that Wonderful. you could eat the flowers. And I mean, yes, you'd seen flowers. You know, there's a whole trend now of flowers in food, but yeah. the leaves you can put in salad and, and other weeds and, and different um, things, as you say, of, of looking at things in a new light. So it's, it's so interesting. 
Yeah, and I suppose I suppose our families do give us an interesting, you know, take on these things. My um, family always had nasturtiums, and so I've always cooked with, with you know, throwing a nasturtium flower into a salad or whatever. And so I've I've kind of grown up with some of those things. My grandmother, one of my grandmothers, used to grow gooseberries, and um, she was oh, she loved them so much. As soon as she got herself about half a cup of them together, she'd make them into jam. She was such a fan. And so there are just all sorts of interesting things out there that we can uh, eat and give our bodies some diversity in what we do. But if you if you find yourself a tiny choco and give it a wash and then have a munch on it, you'll see what I mean. It's, it's not slimy, it's not tricky, and it has a slightly different taste. It's really quite yummy. We will have to try it. Okay. Okay. No one believes me. <laughs> Danielle doesn't quite believe me because um, she, has, uh, she refers to them as, you know, uh, not very nice terms because of hor- horrible childhood memories. And um, I know there's some vegetables that, you know, you really, you know, Brussels sprouts are another one, aren't they? Look- I was just thinking the same thing. I think there must be a, a new way. I mean, I love Brussels sprouts yeah. and I know other people that do too, but there's probably different ways to do that as well. That's right, exactly. Because when I was growing up, I thought they tasted like old socks. So, you know, you really, you really have to kind of find the, the groove for things. To finish off with, we might just look at what the future holds for Flourish. Where do you see Flourish heading into the future? We've talked about a whole range of different collaborations and different things that you're doing now. Where do you see it um, down the track? Well, I think we'd really like to continue uh, serving other charities and serving individuals and people and things that are already going on because we're sort of in that zone and I think there's no point reinventing the wheel anywhere. So we, we would like to continue. We'd like to have uh, a community garden in every suburb in Toowoomba that's accessible for people to come by. And so we, we really are wanting to grow the side of people so that we have more people who've got time. Those people who don't have a garden at home because they might live in a unit or a flat or something, we'd love for them to be able to come and have their own patch of dirt that they can actually grow healthy things in. And we'd like some publicly accessible gardens as well. So that's the vision over time. We'd love to see a social uh, enterprise going so that we are doing training for people from paddock to plate. Um, There's so many things, you know, and we'd love to make gardens sort of beautiful so that they're not just, you know, it doesn't have a feel of a charity as such, you know, that you come in, it's just a lovely place to be. When the Carnival of Flowers is on, we would love to have places where kids can come and pick flowers. Because we have lots of gardens where you can come and see beautiful flowers. We would really love to have a place where you can come and you know pick a bunch and take them home and go and give them to someone who lives in a, in a nursing home or in the hospital. So those sorts of things. We really love for that to be an ongoing thing. And we would be thrilled if we could ensure that every child who's in a childcare or kindergarten or playgroup uh, gets that opportunity of picking and eating fresh veggies you know, a few times a year. So that, that would be a bit of a dream to see that sort of um, involvement. But there is so much going on there. I mean, who knows? One day we might have a little cafe and be able to have gift shops and you know, good things there supporting you know, various people in the community and, and certainly those trainees who've been learning how to, to grow and cook, cook things. I mean, that would just be brilliant. So there are just so many options there. But we'd love to just serve and be a hub for um, getting more health happening and, and just to help with food security in the region because that, that certainly is an issue. 
So if someone wanted to get behind you and give you a hand, what what support could they offer and how would they do that? Well, they, they could certainly donate time or um, resources, whether that's financial or, or needs that we have in the garden. There are so many ways. They, can I give you perhaps a phone number, the Flourish phone number? Would that be helpful? Or, mm. um, yeah, certainly uh, we have a mobile, which is 0435. contact details and um, the links to your website and Facebook in our show notes for for this podcast so people will be able to access them there and we also encourage listeners to also think about where they live and whether they have something Mm. close by in their community or can offer services to an existing facility that's already happening or maybe even start their own flourish in in a different community uh, wherever they are in the world and I know in Europe there's lots of community gardens but whether they operate on the same in the same fashion that you're doing I mean it's worth making an inquiry to wherever you live and seeing what's going on in your community and see what you can do to help so it's just so exciting and and I'd really like to thank you you for um for having a chat with us today. That is my absolute pleasure Sophie Thompson was one of the judges last year for the uh, Toowoomba Carnival of Flowers Gardening Competition and she was very inspiring and she said that, you know, she felt like gardening could change the world. And I think because there are so many aspects where people can get involved, it really is a very special thing for people to become involved with. So, yeah, I, I thought that was a brilliant speech. And it helps helps so so much in so many ways, yes, mm. with, with anybody. Absolutely. with whether it's mental Absolutely. health, um, healthy eating, oh, yeah. sustainable yeah. living, education, social aspects, collaboration, it goes on and on. Mm. And it's just Absolutely. such a great thing that you're doing. So congratulations to all of you. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's certainly been very good for my own mental health, let me tell you, in the last um, few years. So definitely getting some good things out in the sunshine. Absolutely. Thank you very much for having me. It's no, thank you, Annie. That's fantastic. That's and a we'll just leave... Um, Listeners, I don't know if we ever actually said what PYO stands for, but it's Pick Your Own. Oh, Flourish, it pick is. Your absolutely. Own. That's right. Absolutely. PYO, that's it. 
<laughs> we have been known to pick things for people, but yes, pick your own is the idea. <laughs> oh, well, thank you very much, Annie. We've It's been a pleasure talking to you and all the best with oh, the wonderful right. venture that you're all doing. Thank you so much and to you too. If you've enjoyed this conversation and know people who'd be interested in knowing more about this topic, then show them you care and send them the link to this podcast. To keep up with our Gutsy Matters conversations, subscribe and share with your friends. For extras, follow Stored Naturally on Facebook and Instagram. Gutsy Matters podcast is brought to you by Stored Naturally. We are the creators of the all-natural hemp fresh produce enhancer, a longer-lasting and healthier fresh food kept in the fridge, available at storednaturally.com.